Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can we let that song go for just an extra minute, please? I wanted to bring the song up last week. I meant to bring the song up last week. The problem is, uh, I don't hear it in my head. Like, even just now when I did that, I don't hear it. I just tricked you because I'm great. But the, um, the, uh, I just I liked it. It made me laugh. It made me giggle. And I, but I do think it's worth like mentioning and bringing up because just kind of a. I don't know if you're not ready for it. <laughs> I feel like it's like I didn't expect that song. So uh, what's up? Welcome to Chris Three, episode two. I didn't quit yet. I'm still here. Um, I if you don't know me, that's a big deal. I'll pull the plug on something crazy fast. So um, what? I'm I'm happy to, to that I'm still doing it. I wanted to talk about something today that's super unlike me. While I'm doing things I don't normally do, like continuing on, um, uh, manifestation. It's something that I hear a lot about and it's apparently the key to all things and whatever. So, but I, I just, I see both sides of it. You know, I hear both sides of these conversations of like, shut up and go to work. It's not about manifesting. It's about doing, and then, you know, thinking positive, nothing can be bad about thinking positive. Right. Um, and I, I'll argue later on that maybe there is, but, um, it's just one of these things that I hear about a lot. And I found this piece of, I guess, a recording, um, from from a while ago, from 1963, that uh, brought me to this to this idea of of how it's just all you hear, and it's like the the knee jerk of somebody that wants to give you you know life advice, and um, and it can be exhausting honestly to hear about it, especially when things aren't going well. Uh, I don't want to lie; like I feel like a podcast is one of those things, or in my case, maybe a TV show could be one of those things where you're like, Oh, everything's got to be great for them and whatever. And it's just not the case, you know, like a lot of bad things happen. And the last thing that you, and I don't mean like bad, like oh, feel bad for me. I mean like real life, bad things that, that, you know, there's been plenty of times where work doesn't go well at all. Um, so many other things and we'll get into later on, but, and that's always the, the thing is, is you should just feel better and think positive and it's hard. Um, so I wanted to dig into it because I heard this piece that made me look at it and say, okay, that's manifesting. That's somebody that really believes what the hell they're doing um, in a way that's borderline psychotic uh, and in a way that was underappreciated for someone that's so celebrated. So um, I think that's interesting too. So I want to get into that. First, I want to do a quick little manifestation kind of uh, recap for those of you that, I mean, everyone knows what it is, but just kind of what I've kind of understood to be what people always refer to me you know, think positive. Um, you think about thinking positive, 
that that's the secret, right? The secret, um, Thomas, all the way to Thomas the Train. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Right? Was that him? If it's, was that a different? That's the little engine that could. But you know what? Thomas was a positive guy too. I think. And if he wasn't, he made a name for himself either way. Oprah's big on that stuff, right? Positive thinking. The Rock. You can't go on that guy's Instagram without him telling you about you know when he had seven dollars and blah blah. Um, that that's one element, right? And then you hear visualization. You always hear. Um, I'm a big UFC fan, so Conor McGregor is a great example. Uh, there's a guy named Leon Edwards, uh, he, example as well. Both of them, when they won their first championships, um, they they had these kind of freak knockouts. One in the very beginning of a fight, one at the very end of a fight, and um, it looked like an accident. And then you see all these training videos later of them training for that exact moment of that exact part of the fight. My God, that's crazy. They really saw that happening. Um, they made it happen because they, they practiced it so many times and they knew that if they had just the slightest moment to do it one right away and one later, they could seize that. Um, Jim Carrey, I, I think wrote a check for himself for like $10 million or something. And then later, this might just be something you read on a website, but um, this isn't like the topic. So I didn't dig into it, but um you know, he wrote himself a check for like $10 million and later that was his advance on a movie or something. Uh, and the check for himself was when he didn't have money and it was for, you know, being a comedian or something. Um, other things you hear about a lot are uh, believing in yourself, believing belief, believing something is going to happen or just believing something you, uh, you hear in business a lot, you know, stand behind your product, uh, your convictions and, and things like that. Business people, a lot of the time bore me, so I don't have so many examples. Uh, Lady Gaga's a good example of that, right? If you're willing to wear fucking meat to, I don't remember what it was, but she wore meat. And weirder stuff than meat, right? It was always something with her for a long time, and now you see her doing the opposite, right? Because she's, in my opinion, I think created this avant-garde kind of thing people like. And now, I forgot, with the Oscars, I guess she was just like, a, you know, no makeup or I, it, probably makeup that looks like no makeup. I'm not sure at that level of you know, Oscars and all that, um, dressed down and, um, you know, that's believing in yourself, whether you're doing way too much or way too little, um, you're, you're believing you're putting something out there, uh, that you could stand behind. Um, I also hear a lot about being delusional that I, not only like in my regular life that I do hear a lot, but I mean, when it comes to manifestation, you hear about, uh, words of affirmation and delusion and delusion. I hear a lot where you need to really, I guess disillusion yourself from what your reality is and start living a different one. Um, Jimmy Fallon. I I'm like almost positive. I'm not making this up. I did a quick little look. I hear so many stories, second, third hand about, uh, and videos I've seen of him, um, like interviewing his sister or somebody on the couch. Um, like just so ready and making jokes and doing standups and, at a young age, you see a lot of that stand up kids and, 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 you know, people doing Eddie Murphy and raw or delirious. One of the other, he was like six years old in the first video. It's a fake, it's a reenactment, but it looks where he's doing stand up routines. It's clearly, you know, when you're, you're not just speaking it, you're, you're taking yourself out of the life you live and putting it into a different one. And that brings me to uh, what I came across. And I know everybody knows Muhammad Ali Everybody knows, you know, that just the king of confidence and all that stuff. And um, obviously one of the greatest boxers of all time. I don't know. If you ask him, he'll say the greatest. I don't I don't know boxing like that enough to say. But what I do know, in 1963, he put out an album, a live music album. Um, 
47 minutes long, 12 songs. Each one was dedicated to knocking out Sonny Liston, who he had a fight planned with, a uh, fight scheduled with, I should say, uh, later that year. So um, at the time, he's Cassius Clay. It's his first championship fight ever. So I want you to, like, you know Ali. Like, Will Smith played him in a movie, right? Um, he's, he's just, he could be on money one day. <laughs> so try to disassociate that and think about just, just some 22-year-old kid. He won a gold medal in Rome, but apparently he just barely won it. Uh, right, 22? Yeah, 22 years old. And he's an 8-1 to underdog. He's fighting Sonny Liston, who apparently is like, he, he was a Missouri State Penn where, where he learned the box. So you're talking about mean. He's a champion. Apparently he had mob ties. Just a tough dude. He doesn't lose every single fight he had. I think um, I have this later on in some other notes, but every fight he ever had or, or the previous five or like under a combined five minutes or something like that. And um, nobody even wanted to fight him. So it, it became really difficult to even book a fight. So they find uh, Cassius Clay at the time, who is now obviously Muhammad Ali. But for those that don't know, I mean, Chris 3101 there, that was his, obviously his name prior to becoming Muhammad Ali and, and converting to Islam. So um, he, now again, everyone kind of knows the name. He's an up-and-comer, but he's a sacrificial lamb. You're just going to get a guy to fight the champ because you got to sell tickets uh, to the point where the New York Times didn't even cover it. So again, like, you know Muhammad Ali, but don't right now. The New York Times said, this isn't even worth covering. This kid's going to get slaughtered. So what does he do? He puts out an album, a live studio, a, a live album with po- a poetry album called I Am the Greatest. And you're so, so you associate that with him now, right? Like if I name this episode, I Am the Greatest, you know what this episode's about. So I listened to it and you can listen to it too. It's on iTunes. It's on YouTube, whatever. It's super entertaining. It's, it's really kind of, it, it, it's really fun. Uh, but I want to read you the track listing real quick. So there's 12 tracks the first eight of which are called rounds because he says in, in a 12 round fight, he's only going to need eight of them. So there's three tracks and eight rounds, right? Four, four tracks, eight rounds numbers, you know, round one is called, I am the greatest round two. I am the double greatest round three. Do you have to ask round four? I've written a drama round five. Will the real sunny list and please fall down. Round six, funny you should ask. Round seven, 2138. Round eight, the knockout. Round, uh, and then there's an afterpiece that says C round one, which is I am the greatest. And number 10 is called I am the greatest. This album, you could probably guess, is called I am the greatest. But one, two, three, four, looks like five times. <laughs> and it's constantly repeated throughout the performance in a not exhausting way. It's really entertaining. Um, the first, this is the very first thing he says. He comes out, I am the greatest. He says, I would normally try to do the impression, but I'm not even going to try. Um, he's just too, too charismatic, and I don't have that. So, um, and everyone laughs, right? So, like, imagine, like, I mean, it's his catchphrase eventually, right? It's the thing that everyone knows him as. It's his nickname, and everyone's kind of laughing at him. 200 people showed up to this, by the way. So, I, I'm assuming by the time he was done with his career 200 people were just following him like Forrest Gump everywhere he walked but 200 people showed up to this concert and he does this whole song called I am the uh I am the greatest where he's a dragon slaying a knight in like a Shakespearean play he's insulting him calling him old he was 30 um apparently he was older than that but calls him fat he calls him disrespectful for even taking this fight 
uh, he's just going after him the whole time. So now he starts to go into the recording and, and he's talking about um, just he gets more and more into it, talking about how he's the greatest and all that. And you kind of start to hear the crowd go from laughing to like kind of start to believe it a little bit more. And he starts to tell them things like out of the, out of his 20 fights, he predicted the 13 of the outcomes, the round that they would end. Um, round seven, which was the album in the album, not not at the fight, but he predicts a few other things. Uh, that there'd be a Cassius Clay Day one day. There's currently Muhammad Ali Day in, in multiple states and, and major cities. Uh, that he would live to be 170 years old. Obviously, that's a joke, but he'd be celebrated as American icon, which he most certainly is. Um, he said he'd had 93 kids named all after him. I wrote that down because George Foreman like did that. I, I, I'll look into how many, but I think he had like six or seven kids all named George Foreman. Um, uh, said he would retain the title after he won for eight years. Uh, and seven years later, he did. It was eight years after the statement, though, uh, that he actually held on to the, the belt after he won it. And then said that he would be inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame and they wouldn't need to make a bust because he'd be there to accept it. And uh, that that happened also. So pretty cool stuff. And it gets nominated for a uh, it got nominated for a Grammy. Um, so what happens? Liston, they're saying he didn't really train that hard. He's he's going to he's going to win. It's going to be easy for him. Ali goes out or Clay goes out. And um, he beats him in, in, in I think, uh, I have it here, seven rounds. He was off by a round, and uh, Liston threw in the towel. Ali had some problems with, with his eye. Sorry, I'm going to go in and out with the Ali and Clay thing. Um, it's just hard for me to – I'm trying to do Clay for historical context, but it's really hard for me to not call him Muhammad Ali. And um, so you have this guy who goes out, and he did a few other things, right? So he's an underdog fighting at the time, one of the best fighters of all time. And – he he's confident enough to to do a concert where he's going out and he's telling every single round he's going to beat his ass in Shakespearean times in current days. And at the end, he just sings stand by me in a tuxedo, which is just fun. Uh, just a performer and a guy that, that really believes in himself. He rented a bus and he would drive to, to Liston's house and, and on like a megaphone, tell me he wants to fight him on the lawn at like three o'clock in the morning. And there was race problems there. Because he lives in like an all white neighborhood and he got like in trouble in his neighborhood and all these other kinds of things. Uh, you had you had all these other issues with uh, the weigh in. Now you watch a boxing weigh in. If you watch a UFC weigh in, it's such a spectacle, right? You have to shove each other and you have to get in each other's faces, make each other flinch and whatever. Um, this was the very first example of that. Ali got fined, I think, twenty five hundred dollars for um, he didn't get physically in touch him. But he's, he was saying all kinds of crazy stuff, right? He's talking all kinds of shit. He was calling him a bear. He said he smelt like a bear. I don't know if in 1963 a bear is the worst thing you could be. He called him a bear like 15 times. Um, I wouldn't want to fight a bear. Like, if you're asking me, I don't want to fight a bear. So I don't think that's the worst thing you could have been called, but that's not up to me, is it? So he also... Um, so now, again, listen, he's eight out of the top ten heavyweights. He keeps saying that he beat, he's going to beat this guy, no problem. Um and Ali just keeps talking, and, and he finally he hits him with float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, which is uh, no one's ever heard him say that before, right? So now imagine again, like, what have you heard? In the making of this fight, you have a guy screaming, I am the greatest. I'm going to be celebrated. I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. Everyone's going to know me. There's gonna be, it's not about boxing. I'm going to be way bigger than boxing. I'm going to win Grammys, Oscars, Emmys, um, everything. And... And in the process, I'm also going to knock out the, the toughest boxer in, in the world right now. So he goes and then he 
hits you with float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. These are like in our vernacular. And this is all kind of, it feels like a, almost like, like, like a, not that this is what Ali was at all, but like a, like a, a one hit wonder or like an album that was awesome. Like, like, like meatloaf, right? <laughs> like one album you can remember or Hootie and the Blowfish where it's like, um, wow, that's a lot of great stuff to do in a short period of time. And that's how most people know you. Obviously so many between what he did for, uh, just, you know, human rights and all this other stuff on top of it. And besides his sports accolades or a whole different thing. I'm talking about the things that you really say when you talk about his charisma, a lot of it was born just from this fight and it really introduced him to, to the world kind of as we know him today, quite literally actually, because he changes his name to Muhammad Ali right after that fight. So what you know about this man and, and his whole persona was kind of built in the lead up to this fight. So it goes a lot more than just the album. The album's really entertaining because it, it is, I mean, he's also doing poetry. He had some help, um, from some poets and some playwrights at, you know, of the era of the era, but, um, he had an, a track on there called the will, will the real sunny listing please fall down later on after he won. Um, this started to kind of, the, the album kind of recirculates with a B side. And this is considered not by me. Um, just this, actually, this is how I found this. I was looking up uh rap hip hop battles. Cause one of my favorite stories, actually, I'm going to save that for the very end. It's just kind of like my Chris three nugget before the next episode. But, um, I was looking up rap battles and rap beefs and, and maybe see if there was something interesting there. And I stumbled upon that. This was actually considered the first rap battle song by a lot of like rap pundits and uh thing. What, I don't know what a pundit is, by the way. I don't know what it is. I meant to say that, uh, but that's what they say. So what I'm basically getting at is this is a guy that, that took manifestation to the next level. It wasn't just saying, this is what I'm going to do for my big thing that I have coming up. But this is my life. And a lot of hard work came with it, a lot of dedication with it, and a lot of delusion came with it because you have to be a little bit insane to do what he did, to rent a bus, to show up to his gym where he trains, knowing that he's got this kind of tough guy background outside of the boxing ring of who he hangs out with and who sponsors him and backs him and all that and not caring. Renting a bus, you know, calling names, being the first person to make noise at a press conference and get people talking and, um, you know, it's just... It's a pretty cool way to introduce yourself, and he really became Muhammad Ali in, in a really short period of time, and he never looked back after that. Uh, and I thought, if you want to take a listen to it, I think it's pretty cool. Um, the it, It's fun. So what I'm going to do next is talk about why I think manifestation is bullshit. That's probably the, the thing that I think is going to make this this episode kind of balance out, is to give you this really specific example that I think was completely conceivable to think that this guy really he forced the universe to to kind of conform to him and be who he wants to be and um and it did um i don't think that's something everyone can do or or maybe it is something everyone could do but it's not something you do simply for wanting it and uh i want to talk a little bit about that in the next kind of piece uh with a few people and um I want to go more into kind of the downside of these things because it's not always knocking out Sonny Liston. And I don't think it's the end of the world. If you're the one that gets knocked out, you're the one that throws in the towel. Sorry for all the, the, the boxing puns, but um, because that's really the more realistic outcome because there before 
this, and there, there's a lot more examples of people that didn't do that or, or that didn't succeed with the same mindset. So um, just a conversation I feel like having, hopefully if you want to look into, it's called I Am The Greatest. It's uh, a live recording. It's really entertaining. It shows uh, just a different level of um, charisma when it, from your athlete. You know, like if you're trying to picture a 22-year-old kid now doing what he's doing, not to say that nobody can, but uh, I don't know that anyone can. <laughs> I mean, you see, especially in boxing, especially in UFC, I just brought up McGregor. I brought, you know, you, you think of Mayweather or Tyson was never really that, but um, it, you should listen to it. It's just a different level of confidence. And it's, maybe it's easy to believe now because you know what happens, but without knowing what happened, you have to just appreciate the balls that it takes to do something like that. Um, but that's my take on manifesting. Do you want my nugget? I think I promised a hip hop nugget. So I was looking into a Chris three and I still might, um, try to figure an angle out here. If you have any ideas, reach out to me. But, uh, do you know, um, rappers delight by the sugar Hill gang? Um, for those of you that don't, you do. It's the song that goes to hit hop. I don't know how long I'm allowed to do that till I get sued. So when that song came out, it was so popular that people started rushing to stores um, and they didn't know the name of it. So they were like, is, is that the hip hop song? Can I get that hip hop song? Do you have the hip hop song? And they literally created a genre because of how popular their hook was. Um, I wanted to make a full hour out of that story. I couldn't figure out how. And it led me to this Muhammad Ali thing. But um, there you go. Go blow someone's mind with that. Sorry, it's not dogs and monkeys fighting. Um, thank you for listening. I'm going to have uh, some... I, to be honest, I'm not going to bullshit you. I don't know exactly who's coming. I invited like six people to do this thing with me today. No one's here yet. They might all be... I don't know. So I got some fun people coming up to talk about manifestation, their experiences with it, um, and failure. Because I think that's important to talk about too. Uh, because it's something everyone does. So, appreciate you for listening. I'll see you on the other side. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.